Hello, welcome to Barely Christian, Fully Christian. This is Annie Ponder. This podcast explores loving Jesus, being repulsed by much of Christianity, and relating to the Holy Spirit as the Divine Feminine, or as I prefer to call her, Mama God. In today's episode, I talk with none other than Rob Bell. We discuss the myth of busy, the thisness of us all, and his latest book, Where Do You Park Your Spaceship? This is part one of our conversation, and in this episode, there are no spoilers. So whether or not you've read this wacky essential book, you won't be disappointed. And hello, Rob Bell. Welcome (laughs) to Barely Christian, Fully Christian, where we talk about all sorts of things. I'm so glad you are here. Wonderful to have you. (laughs) It's great to be with you in your closet. In my closet, I know. (laughs) Miles away, but also in your closet. (laughs) Right. If the folks back home could see this, it's it's quite a sight. Um, For anyone who is not really familiar with Rob Bell, I'm just going to... Let me, there's too much. Let me sum up. Rob Bell uh, has had a, a professional journey like a river, like a windy, twisty river. Oh. And he has uh, pastored, he has influenced thought, he has written, he has made plays. And today we are talking about his most recent production, Where Do You Park Your Spaceship? Uh, we could probably go on and on about. Rob Bell, but I think that's probably all we need to know to do this talk. Would you? Would you? That's great. Yeah, we're good. We're we're okay, fine okay. with me. I'm okay, fine with okay. it. Cool. All right. <laughs> so, some of the questions that I that I want to bring up are not going to spoil the plot in case somebody has not yet read Where'd You Park Your Spaceship. So what what I was thinking is. We'll do those questions first, and then I'll say, all right, now, if you haven't yet read this book, please turn this off, go read the book, and then oh. continue, because I want to talk about some of the um, some of the events that happened that would definitely spoil the plot for folks. So, uh, <laughs> listeners, readers, be warned, there will be some spoilers in here. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Okay. So, you are an experienced uh, sci-fi writer, correct? Incorrect. I haven't ever even read. I've read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Otherwise, I have almost, I can't think of any other sci-fi. So I don't even know if it is sci-fi. Is it sci-fi? Someone asked me that. They said, well, what makes this sci-fi other than spaceships and planets? And I was like, who said this is sci-fi? Okay, right. (laughs) Or you would find this fascinating. A relative of mine asked what, whatever, what I was working on or something. And "Mm, there's this, this was a couple years ago, this book, da-da-da-da. She's like, oh, that's sci-fil. I would never read that. Just bl- just blanket like just by the way, which I think this is fascinating. Like I never said this is fascinating how people have these categories that <clears throat> are sort of irrelevant to me. I agreed. Genres are only helpful um, maybe if you were setting up your bookshop. Um, <laughs> yes. So well, I, I I am I, the same. I am not a seasoned sci-fi reader. I I too have read Hitchhiker's Guide and maybe one Michael Crichton when I was 17. Um, I think that's the name of a sci-fi author. I'm throwing that out now and suddenly yes, feeling that like that sounds right. Is. Okay. That sounds okay, okay. right. You're good. So, so I, I am also, uh, I am not good at reading 
sci-fi. So that's one of the reasons I had to, uh, once I was finished with the book, go back and start again, because um, I had no idea what was happening and I, and I don't have great context for it. But, oh my goodness, what an enjoyable experience learning uh, who these people are and figuring out what how how they experience life and the and and kind of seeing the world through especially Heen's eyes um and having epiphany after epiphany while he does <laughs> yeah and that was really uh when like the the narrator essentially the main character Heen Heen Grubers I uh <laughs> A couple friends gave this really interesting note when they read the original draft that it's only really when Nunye shows up late in the book, they said, that the action kicks in. Yeah. So you probably should start there because otherwise you're going to lose all your readers. But I had this really interesting, it was a very compelling sense, like, no, this story, because you follow Heen through his youth. You have to be with him for a very long time, like decades, so that when what happens, happens. I just remember, like, no, the book is a feeling that has, you have to be with him long enough that you can feel it. Yes. It's necessary, necessary backstory. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a weight. Yes. To what he's carrying around, that if you haven't lived with it with him, then when the air quotes action kicks in, it, then it's just like that's just action, as opposed right. to like, oh my god, what is happening here? My heart. <coughs> yeah, you have to really understand the depth of his grief before the action can make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. And then he, when he starts to, I remember thinking. If you've been with him, and then when he starts to feel like he's almost like unnumbing, if that's, I just, I I distinctly remember this, oh, that's like, that sits like way lower in the body. Right. Well, that's actually what I wanted to ask first. So, Heen is this incredible noticer of everything. And I love the way, like, he'll be talking about, I don't know, a word that Sir Pong has said, and he stops, and he holds the word in front of him, and he looks at it, mm-hmm. and he marvels at it. And then he goes on with his thought. Like, this mm-hmm. guy sees, and, and he's there for it. But then, at the point I think that you're talking about, he has this epiphany, this, like, oh, my noticing is actually keeping me from experiencing. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he, and even when he begins to dawn on him, I, I might, he thinks he might be the best person in the universe at this job. Uh-huh. He's like, I'm a really good Series 5. Uh-huh. But then he starts to realize, actually, I think I'm really good at my job because I'm like so asleep in other ways. It's like, yeah. and then Nunye shows up and she's like, my God, I read the reports on you and you're like one of the best, but you miss so much. It's almost embarrassing. Right. <laughs> uh, to really me, that it was just like all these layers for him of like, he just keeps the, the disorientation just is in like full. Uh, and she's like just the embodiment of it. Like she's just right. like, yeah, you, you're like seriously a step behind. How, 
you're the ones we have out here doing this job because we're not in good hands. You realize this. <laughs> right. This is in real trouble if you're at the helm of the job. The listeners well, to your podcast are like, what the, what are we talking what, about? What is actually happening? Mm-hmm. It's I like know. inside yeah. baseball, inside baseball. It's very, it's actually quite exactly. fun. It, it is actually quite fun. Um, so my question that I wanted to ask about that is uh, what I know from you also personally. I, I see a lot of uh, Rob Bell and Heen. I keep picking up like, oh, mm. I think I've heard you say something like this. Um, the noticing. This, the pausing that he does to marvel at somebody's facial expression or kind of like tilt his head and go, huh, about something that is a detail most of us would let slide right by. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a virtue. I'm pretty sure. At least mm-hmm. to a point that it doesn't eclipse feeling and experiencing. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to hear you talk about where you learned to do that and how that has come Hmm. into your experience. That's interesting you say that. I do, I do feel like I'm moving a half step slower than everybody. Interesting. That that is a, that is a sensation, like a, that is a feeling that I have on a regular basis that like, the whole thing is lit up in some significant way that you're, it requires moving a half step slower to see it. Even when you meet people and, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do? What do you do? All the formalities people do. Or, yeah, it's been a bit of a rough week, but, you know, we're, okay, wait, why? why? Why was it a rough week? What was that about? Oh, it, like. In my experience, you're just a couple questions from the depth. Well, you were here in Ojai, sitting under the trees. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, what was it? One or two or three questions, and a whole world opens up inside a person. And it's uh-huh. so rich and complex and emotional and fa- riveting. It's a whole treasure chest. And it requires nothing other than just moving a half step slower and some curiosity. So I just find human beings are incredible and uh, there's so much to explore. Just a couple people in a room sitting mm-hmm. outside under some trees. Agreed. So it's, it, the whole thing is actually way more interesting. And like when people talk about, yeah, but like the news, the world's falling apart. Sorry, that's what you're calling the news is not the news. It's an outrage, scandal, tragedy, algorithm, industrial entertainment complex. That's not the news. Mm. Don't stop. Stop telling me that. That's like, well, you know, you got to be tuned into how the world really is. No, I'm telling you, the world is. You're getting like a warped view. It's actually a warped view of how the world actually is. Absolutely. And so. If I'm understanding you correctly, the art of going a little slower is what allows for the deep noticing. That's what I'm going to call it. It's like the deep magic, the deep noticing. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I mean, you were, 
that story you told me about driving along. Right. And something arises. Yep. Uh, how many spaces there are throughout the day when music's great, television's great, calling a friend is great. Like there's all these, there's also silence. Mm. And if it's like all these numbing devices are, they're, they're wonderfully comforting and can be incredibly entertaining, but there is a, there is an emptiness and spaciousness out of which things arise. Mm-hmm. That is so unbelievably interesting. Like, think of how many people the word meditation is just like, oh God, I got to sit on a cushion and try not to try to call it like, ugh. Can I yeah, have to hum yeah, at yeah. a certain frequency. There's also the stillness and silence of listening to what's happening inside of you that's like the most riveting thing imaginable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, so much comes out of that stillness and just even just a long exhale. How many things are at the end of a intentional exhale? <laughs> like the number of people I've noticed, myself included, who just pausing and a long inhale and exhale, like, oh, wait, I got some anger in there. What's that about? Or just, oh, there's a, there's a thing to do around the house. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That would like be that would make things way better. It's very simple. Let's like just ha- and it's very granular, very you know just basic everyday sorts of things that are just right there that are make the whole thing terribly interesting. You think we can learn this? <laughs> of course. You think there's hope for. Uh... Yeah, like I'm. Gonna, oh, I don't mean to interrupt you. Go you for had it. A good question going there. I mean, I, when well, I was, it was thirty, it was a half question. When I was 30, I hit my head wakeboarding and had a closed head injury. So for a weekend, I was out of it. So they took me to the hospital. They got me in the boat. They took me to the hospital. I wasn't making any sense. They're like, something's wrong here. So I had like just a basic concussion. But I was driven back. My friend drove me back to our house. And I, this has been the summer of 2000, I saw the house that Kristen and I and our young boys lived in like I'd never seen it. So my mm. body knew there was a familiarity, but my mind, I was reintroduced to my life. Mm-hmm. It lasted about a weekend until I sort of, the uh, altered state concussion, I was sort of back to normal. But for a weekend, I remember um, asking Kristen how we met. Um, wow. It's almost like my brain was so busy sort of plugging everything back in. <laughs> I was trying to do backflips, and I kept hitting my head on the water and knock something loose. I didn't have any um, past or future. The brain, it was like the brain was too busy just plugging everything in, so I could only yeah. be in the moment. Right now. And um, I remember Kristen introducing me to our boys. Like, these are our boys. And the whole thing was like, no way. I could see my life from outside my life, even though I was also in it. Uh-huh. And at the time, I was uh, very busy standing on stages talking about big things like God. And mm-hmm. I was, it was like, oh, oh, this thing that I'm trying to point people to and explain and talk about the present moment 
is infinite in its depth and fullness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I could, uh, uh, my brain was, <laughs> my brain was moving so slow that I could follow a piece of dust through like those shafts of light that come through the window. It's uh-huh. funny talking about it now because it was so long ago, but I could follow a, one of those pieces, specks of dust all the way from swirling in the air. I could follow it all the way down because the brain was so, or Kristen may be a burrito and I could taste all the spice, all the spices. I could see them all spatially. It was moving so, everything was so slow, and it was the most interesting. It was beyond it. So, so I had an experience that, like, it's like it exposed all of the activity that I was involved in mm-hmm. that I thought was gaining or earning or doing a thing that was actually right there the whole time if I just slowed down. And I distinctly mm-hmm. remember thinking in the days following trying to understand what had happened, but knowing that the rest of my life <clears throat> would be integrating that experience. That I would be working out, oh, if you just keep, uh, how would I say it, sinking in to whatever moment you're in, yeah. you'll never run out of depth and exploration that's already there. Yeah. Yeah. So, the present moment. Yeah. So I, so that I had a very, cause I was a very busy, driven, ambitious for all these big higher purposes that, that is a wonderful way to justify all that. <laughs> you were saving the world. I mean, really. If you could say, I mean, I would probably say that phrase with a straight face at that time. You know, we're just busy saving the world with a straight face. But anybody who says that now, I'm like, oh, get the gut on my face. Um, you gotta <laughs> come on, sweetheart. You got a ways to go, uh, and that's fine. Nothing but love. But uh, yeah, so so that now that I think about it, yeah, it's been a couple decades of yeah. So like right now, like I'm not busy in my life. There's not like uh-huh. when people are like, yeah, you know, you must be so busy. No, why would, why would you be busy? That's like the weirdest or rushed or yeah, a day a day isn't crammed or jammed that like we already did that that was like six robs ago i already tried that thing so mm-hmm. um uh, it, you, there's another way to go about it that's what happened to me there's another way to go about it yeah my husband and i read uh, in a book group uh, john mark comer's ruthless elimination of hurry Last year. Oh, ruthless elimination of hurry. That's a good, that's a good phrase. Yeah, it is. And uh, actually, the word hurry is scratched out on the cover of the book. So, ruthless elimination of. Oh yeah. 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 Um, and we've been inviting that in more and more. Yeah. The slowness, the um, the nowness of not being in mm-hmm. a rush, <laughs> and it's amazing. Hmm. And I think you, the curriculum then will start to bend, <clears throat> like the whole thing will bend around that. You'll start, like this is fu- funny to me when we were growing up, I mean when my kids were growing up, my boys who are older now, but the whole, like as a parent, like you have to have your kid in club sports. Oh, you yeah. know that whole thing, like you have, if yeah. you want your kid to be able to play in high school, you have to be at, in a hotel on weekends in Spokane, um, because 
that's just what's required. But this is, what, this is why the curriculum, because our life is like a, a curriculum of sorts. It's so funny to me is my daughter is 14 and a high school freshman and just played soccer for like six minutes when she was nine, uh-huh. but went out for the high school team. And this afternoon, I'm going to her first high school soccer game with like zero. So all of that over the years that was all like parents that we didn't do of like clubs, like, like just to pick a very granular example. No, you need to be really busy with sports if you want your kid mm-hmm. to have the opportunity to play in high school. And then my daughter the other day is like, hey, I'm going to go out for the high school soccer team as a freshman. And then she's like, yeah, they're not doing cuts. I, I made it. Oh, yeah, we have a game. She brings home a uniform. And we happen to have landed on apparently the one place in America where a kid doesn't have to have any experience. You see what I'm saying? About how totally. in my experience, in our experience, you, you begin to slow down and you begin to see the game for what it is and it starts to bend around you. Like uh-huh. you and your husband, what's your husband's name? Guy. Yeah, you and Guy, like, okay, let's, let's, let's notice the myth of busy mm-hmm. and let's just tune into it and let's just see when the people, People around us are like, you know, busy. It's crazy busy. Oh, yeah, me too. But let, let's just not do that. Let's and then the whole game. thing starts to show you, oh, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so fascinating how that works. It is. It's mind-blowing because it's, it, it's you're right. Uh, it's the water we think we have to swim in. Yes, until exactly. Until we realize that we don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the, the possibilities begin. Yeah. Uh, segue into uh, something else. There's not really a segue. Never mind. I lied. Jumping to new question. <laughs> that was the segue. We, it, that was you'll the miss segue. It. It I'm was making well my own bridge right now. Yeah, okay. great. Okay. <clears throat> there is a heavy emphasis in this story on people being themselves. Oh, interesting. That's new to me. Huh. Oh, really? As opposed to what? Them being something well, else? Well, there's like this emphasis. So um, the there's a focus on everybody discovering their gifts, talents, and um, what they want to do, what they're here or here to do. I don't know. Um, hmm. No, I thought you did this on purpose. That's really funny. This, is, this came through so strongly for me. Um, here's what I wrote. There's a heavy focus on individual gifting, likes, and persuasions. It's as if Rob Bell wants us all to be the unique people we actually are. <laughs> to push to discover ourselves and live with total authenticity. As if this will actually save the world. That's how strongly that came through for me. Oh, interesting. It's almost it. it uh, it's actually the opposite. It's actually the absence of emphasis. It's just what's happening. <laughs> it's like in the negative space. I I loved. It made me. La- I would I would laugh really hard. Like when Ziga May does these like like almost like teachings, mm-hmm. and she's like almost resentful of it. And they're all like, oh yeah, they're all like, yeah. She's like really good. She has like this almost like superpower. But she's like, ah. These two guys weren't talking. It's the dumbest thing ever. I just had to go start. She's almost like, and then when Heen's like, what was that thing in the morning where you were drawing on the ground and you had me as one of your examples? And she's almost just annoyed, like, 
Yeah, yeah, it's just this thing. I don't know. It's just this thing I do. <laughs> and then Bobby Freelance is like, obviously he's doing something illegal or nefarious, this quiet secret. And then you realize, and then over time when it's sort of like, no, he's pretty much just conflict resolution. It's just old school <laughs> mediator. Right. <laughs> I just love him being like this shifty sort of, and then you're like, nah, he's just actually helping fathers and mothers and daughters listen to each other. <laughs> He's out there offering some kind of therapy or intervention yeah. just by being himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just making, he's like literally just forcing people like to listen, to actually listen to each other. That's all he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. They all yeah. are sort of ex exploding with their own thisness. They are. Yeah. <laughs> Even down to what people wear. Like, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness the socks and yeah mm -hmm. the, striped socks and sandals yeah, right which is just like such a northwest thing my little pacific northwest heart mm -hmm. was really happy mm -hmm. about that um the the question one of the one of the teachers i think early on is wearing a robe with question marks all over it oh right yeah right yeah that so, yeah the one guy in that tube just has question marks all over oh he's and, in the tube that's and right. he i think that's where he is and yeah, yeah. And Heen, I, I, it was really, really enjoyable to have Heen be describing things with no horse in the race. It's like, <laughs> this is what so-and-so is wearing. Ziga May's wearing this sweater that goes onto her knees, and she's got these trainers on that are orange, and her hair's tucked into her thing. Like, he's just telling you, yeah. this is the world. And all the and teachers is like the most valued profession, and teachers make tons of money. And it's very right. hard to be a teacher because education is so central to it like he's just describing right he has no but or he'll be like the library is the largest building in town in the center obviously, obviously or like does that makes sense and must he can't he's mustaches what's the what is it going on with a mustache like i just it was really it was really it really uh just delights me his describing of how things are uh -huh. it's just just describing and i've noticed how many readers and interviewers the describing is like, like this is how the education works. This is the how a uh, urban planning, yeah. just describing. People are like, right. whoa, it's like so, and we're just describing. It's way more powerful than this is how our society should be arranged. Right. <laughs> so counterintuitive how that works. Yeah, and it all goes back to him being able to notice these things in the first place. Him living in yeah, that yeah, yeah. In that yeah, space yeah. where he just takes in all this thing. And in fact, that's, that's, you know, his superpower, his gift. And that's, um, oh, that would oh. be a spoiler thing. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. Right, but, right, right. But that goes back to your question about what you experienced as emphasis, which is really powerful to me. You experienced the, these people and their, um, their uniqueness, their thisness. Mm -hmm. You experienced it as an, an emphasis, an emphasis. An emphasis on the right level. He's describing it as simply how it is. Yeah, he doesn't notice that that he's this, doing that. Right. And to him this isn't this isn't at all strange that these people are all how they are. It's just no. how they are. And it almost like the emphasis is oh, perhaps that is how it's almost it's like as the reader, we go, well, let's let's just live like that. Yes. 
<laughs> That's the real magic of this story is that there's, there's no instruction. There's no, you're right. This is not a thesis. Here's, yeah, you know, right, how to be, right. how to live. Right. But reading, immersing into this story now has me going, oh, I'd like to do that more. I'd like to see the yeah. thisness of the people more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow it down a minute. Mm -hmm. Listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like a different kind of assumption. It's like, a, like we generally talk about assumptions as negative, but assumptions can also be like a beautiful thing. Like I, I just assume there's all kinds of things going on within this person. Yeah, yeah. I assume right. they have. I just assume that there's all sorts of pain and loss and joy and euphoria and desire and longing and ache. Like I, I just assume this person's a human. And there, and there's stories to everything. There's all kinds including of Including the socks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of people who have all kinds of stories that I'm really curious about. Dill Tud. Oh, yes. As soon as I was like, I bet we're going to talk about Dill Tud. We have to talk about him. <laughs> what? A, okay. So I have theories about him, as I'm sure many of your readers do. Um, here's what I wrote about Dill Tud. What a character. Healer, seer, knower, eccentric, unexpected, totally himself. Mm. In my estimation, he is, um, he's a mystic who completely knows who he is. <laughs> and I am just... Scramble! I'm just so curious about his backstory, as I think we oh. all are. Like, is oh, that, that coming in book two? That makes me very happy. Uh, that must. I be will give nothing away. I will give okay, nothing okay. away. But okay. But well. we have. Let's just assume that we'll be with these people for years and years. And yes, yes, uh, that good, good. As, as we must, these these uh, characters are. It feels like by the end of the book, I'm like. But we're just starting. Good, good, Now good. we're just starting. I can see good. why you said this is book one. Yeah, and I, I distinctly remember having this relief as I got towards <laughs> the end of, oh. I don't have to finish oh, this. Oh, I don't. Uh, the, the, this will end. This, this one, it was an ending. This an ending. It's a beginning. I remember. Yes. I remember knowing for all along where else. We need to go, but also that it brought great, it just eased up the end of it because. Oh yeah. It takes the pressure off. It feels like this is the prequel really. Mm, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. this is uh this is the magician's nephew or this is the Hobbit. Like it's, it's the beginning, mm. the, mm -hmm. the story before the story. It's how we yeah. get to the, yeah. the story. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Okay. And we might, we might, yeah. Who knows? We might need to actually go back before we even go forward who knows just to make sure oh, that we might have to jumble up even a sense of time uh-huh who knows uh -huh. which one can do <laughs> because as we know time is a spiral and it's not linear mm -hmm. anymore mm -hmm. so okay i'm so curious can you please just talk about <sighs> dill tide oh How? right 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 who, right who 
is this guy? And right. why does he say piddle, piddle, piddle all the right. time? Right, right. And at first it's like a greeting, but it it's almost like an energetic placeholder. And like the kids respond to it. Yeah. It's it's like this phrase that somehow from him is just a a greeting, but it it, ha- it has some sort of strange power to it that goes way beyond just a greeting. Yeah, yeah. And and also, uh, I love how Heen, he's starting to feel. He's like unnumbing at some level. But w- one of the first feelings you begin to see him feeling is profound irritation, supernatural annoyance at this guy who does this presumed familiarity. Like he right. just shows up and walks with him like they've, oh, he and Gruber's, your questions are so, pre-. like he, and he has these odd speech patterns where you're like, I think that thing about black needs white and white needs black and it all needs itself is actually quite profound. But he's also wearing an all brown outfit that where does he even get his clothes? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you discover like, like when you discover there are deep wells of resentment, where did that come like later? with mm-hmm. Dale Tud, but you didn't mm-hmm. see that. You just see him doing this thing. And I love how, like, uh, like it, he just can't, like, Keen doesn't ever occur to him to ask Dale Tud any questions. And then, and then Nunier is like, wait, what? You're defending a man who hands things out? Are you <laughs> She just, like, calls it all. Or, like, how she's with Bobby Freelance for like five minutes and she gets him and he uh-huh. is like, has, so he's missing who yeah. these people are at some level. And she shows up and's like, Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> and she then has them up. And there's something about Dill Tud's. Oh, like when they walk through that park and that woman is singing and then he sings with her and he knows all the words. Like there's just, <laughs> yes, he's who not in a this rush. Guy? No. He's not in a rush. He has all the, time in the world and yet you discover he may actually be doing something right so he's up to like he's up to something without any sense of hurry and yet he has tremendous fortitude and spine yeah and yeah he yeah gives he's... Off this, like he 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 gives off <laughs> this innocence like he's just here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and then but he's actually real you're right he's actually really dialed in do he knows what he's doing he's not simple like Mm -hmm. at first you might think Mm -hmm. oh this is just some weird eccentric dude Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but he's actually everyone that he meets benefits from his presence Mm. uh Mm. presence in both ways because he's giving Mm -hmm. out gifts Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he's going around like healing people i don't want to give too much away but he's uh yeah he yeah i absolutely who knows there may be a an I love Diltud t-shirt coming I soon. I think there ought and to be. And a tote actually. bag. And there might even be a piddle, piddle, piddle mug that's coming. Yeah. Because <laughs> he yeah. just, Diltud I love him. For sure. I, uh, yeah. And going back to your, I don't know. Uh, like none of the characters are somebody I'd know. Any, you didn't like meet somebody and be like, I'm no, going to write you into a story. That's yeah. really interesting. It, I assume subconsciously, but I, the creation of these people, any obvious cognitive awareness 
mm-hmm. of somebody in my life is like mm-hmm. a kill switch. Mm. Um, so like, ooh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna like sort of mimic so and so, or so and so is gonna be in this character, right? Ah, like no sh- story. The whatever the fire hose is just gets turned off. Um, so I can I can read back through the book and I can see, oh, that I. I can I can see where certain things architecture, uh, borns wears a white T-shirt and these white like I can see where certain mm-hmm. things, but I also can't see the characters. To me, didn't I've never met them until right. now. It's a very right. very interesting because people have been very curious about who like who's who's the homage to or who's the mm-hmm. influence. And I can, mm-hmm. I swear to you, for the life of me, I can't. Like Dil Tud, mm-hmm. I can't for the life of me uh, come up with where, like, where he comes from. Because he's even really his speech himself. and his speech, like his odd sort of staccato statements, and how he throws off all these. Heen Gruber's G R U dash. Why the dash? Why all this needless division? He's he's just perturbed by things and. The ghost pepper bread. I mean, I like he. Uh, he's he. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, to me, it's all like a hundred percent fresh and original and new. Even though I assuming I'm drawing from all cards, I think I just can't. I'm not aware of it. Sure, I got I mean, any, any of it. Any creative mm-hmm. person is, is drawing really from all these different experiences. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my um, assumption that that a theme in this book intended or not is um the thisness of the people and mm. and so yeah it does not surprise me that you're saying no i didn't base still tud on anybody i don't i don't know somebody who's like him who i i've never heard somebody go around and say piddle 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 um because that's <laughs> just him he, it's just who he is he just came through your story that way and you didn't necessarily um, yeah, and I loved him. Create that. All of them. Yep. Like uh, somebody asked, which characters do you resonate with most? All. All of them. I. I. Yeah, it's almost like in, in uh, some people when they talk about dream interpretation, talk about how in your dream all the different characters are simply aspects of yourself. Yeah. So it may appear to be your third grade teacher or the person from the grocery store or whatever but it's all actually just aspects of yourself um so which is how life is anyway we're looking yeah, at each yeah. other as mirrors so that really helped me when i heard someone say that because I, I none of these characters is me and i that was like oh yeah aspects of the self they're they're bits and pieces that that is why they like almost like with kids like i love them all the same uh, <laughs> right right there's no, like, oh, there. that's the one where I am. A friend of mine actually started reading it, <laughs> you might enjoy this, and got so frustrated because he couldn't figure out which character I was that he just put the book, he's like, ah, forget it. Put the book down. Walked away. He's like, I just walked away. I was just sick. I was like, just drove him crazy trying to figure out which one I was. <laughs> and that's then later, awesome. he's like, and then later I came back to it. He's like, and I was like, oh, they're all you. Which I thought was even a, even a funnier conclusion. Uh-huh. Well, there it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Well, I do sense the way that you have written them, that you have a great love for each of them. That they, mm-hmm. they, oh, yeah. 
are near and dear mm -hmm. uh, in a way that a parent feels about their children, kind of. Yeah. 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 Well, there you have it, my friends. Part one of my conversation with Rob Bell with no spoilers. Stay tuned for the very next episode where we dive deeper into where'd you park your spaceship. And there will be some spoilers there. So if you haven't read the book yet, but you're planning to, maybe do that first before you tune in. If you'd like to learn more about Rob Bell, you can find him at robbell.com. You can find me at barelychristianfullychristian.com and from there sign up for newsletters, send me a message, or follow me on Instagram or Facebook. The artwork for Barely Christian, Fully Christian was lovingly created by Lauren Leith of Little Moon Market. You can find her on Instagram if you'd like a beautiful moon of your own. This gorgeous song by Wynne Duran and Paul Craig is called Banks of Massachusetts. Enjoy. i